Hey guys, this is Katie Harrell, registered dietitian nutritionist, and you're listening to the Dark Blue Nutrition Podcast. I know that nutrition can be a little bit complicated, and I don't want to make it feel that way for you guys. I want you guys to feel relaxed and like we can have an open conversation about nutrition and just talk about it in a judgment-free way. You are not going to find any quick fixes or diet tips or anything like that here, you're going to find just a sustainable uh, way to look at nutrition and a lot of psychology topics, topics like intuitive eating, mindful eating, and why we eat the foods that we eat, why we make the choices that we make. I really like to get into the deep nitty gritty stuff because I feel like that's what really makes or breaks our food decisions. That's what changes us as far as reaching our goals and living a healthier lifestyle. So that'll be my typical type of episode for you. For today, we're going to have a little bit of a different episode. We're going to talk a little bit about my story and why I'm here and why I'm doing a podcast and like why I'm a registered dietitian. I I think it's important to kind of know the backstory of people and why they do what they do because a lot of us have a very deep reasoning for doing the things that we love and it's important to share with the world guys you got to share what you love so today I'm going to talk about that just think of it as the first day that you go to class and you have to do those dreaded tell us about yourself fun fact things I hate those so much but today we're going to do that except it's going to be slightly less intimidating for me and hopefully less boring for you guys. So without further ado, let's kind of get into it and get started. First, I'm going to just introduce a little bit about what I do now, and then I'll kind of do a reverse history of how I came into dietetics and how I got started um, choosing the profession and doing what I do. So to begin with, I am a registered dietitian, as I mentioned. I recently graduated last year in December of 2017, uh, so I'm pretty fresh and new to becoming a dietitian, but I'm very excited and I love what I do. My story to becoming a dietitian starts when I was a teenager. I never really felt like I had a negative relationship with food as a child, but my negative relationship with food really began when I was a teen. I had very, very low self-esteem and I didn't like the way my body was. Obviously, we're all changing when we're teens and we all have things that we don't like. I had frizzy hair, acne, my hormones were kind of out of whack, and I felt like I was chubby kind of in comparison to some of my friends. And at the time, I was surrounding myself with people that were not good for me and were not treating me very nicely. So it kind of exacerbated my self-esteem issues. So not to blame anything on anyone else, of course, ultimately it is your decision to feel the way you feel about yourself. But with my low self-esteem to begin with, I was easily torn down by negative people in my life. So One thing led to another and I spiraled into an eating disorder after lots of, you know, wear and tear on my self-esteem 
and it was not a good time in my life. I'm not, I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat it. I really don't, I don't want to go into heavy details with the eating disorder side of things because I don't want to be triggering. Uh, My point is to just share this with you so you know that you may not be alone in this. I, I know that I'm definitely not the only person out there that has dealt with an eating disorder, has dealt with body image issues. Um, whether or not you're in the profession of dietetics or whether you know you have any type of job out there, so many men and women have dealt with eating disorders. And I think like the percentage of people that have an eating disorder out there is so, so low. And I think the statistics are, I mean, I don't even think they matter, honestly, because I don't think that everyone gets treated for an eating disorder. I know I didn't uh, officially get treated. I saw a therapist and everything like that, but I was never formally treated at a hospital, whether it was inpatient or outpatient. So I don't think there's an accurate way to really track how many people deal with these type of issues. But, you know, aside from that, I dealt with um, what I would consider to be kind of an orthorexic tendency. I was very obsessive and restrictive with my foods, and I would constantly log my calories and obsess over having a certain amount of calories, and my whole life would come crumbling down if I didn't meet the calories that I wanted to that day. It was very destructive, very hard very very hard time in my life and I was doing crazy things that I would never even think of doing in my right mind I definitely think that people think that eating disorders if they are naive to what an eating disorder is people think that it's all about food and all about body image and for me part of it was body image but it definitely wasn't entirely body image It was a lot about control. I think I was in a point in my life where I felt like things were spiraling out of control and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what I could control um, except for food. And so I wanted to control how others saw me. I wanted to be pretty and I wanted to control something. And so that something turned out to be food. And so, yeah, I got myself into quite a mess with that and... You know, uh, my friends were concerned, my family was concerned, the school counselor was concerned, but I didn't really see a problem for a long time. I kind of thought that my intentions were only good and that it wasn't an issue. And that's kind of, you know, the epitome of having sort of an addiction to something is that you don't see it as a problem. And so I would hear compliments at first they were compliments and I would take them in. And then when they turned into concern in some kind of twisted way, I would still feel happy about the fact that that person thought I was skinny. Say they thought they're like, man, you look extremely skinny. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I remember one moment, uh, someone, I won't say like who exactly it was, but someone at a holiday party said that I looked like a twig and I took that as a compliment. It's just not something that I would take as a compliment nowadays, but back then I was just kind of not in the same frame of mind. 
And I wasn't thinking clearly because that's what it does to you. It makes you think not clearly at all. So, you know, fast forward to kind of the uh, couple, it, it, it lasted about, I would say a year and a half, two years. That was about the duration of uh, start to finish of me developing eating disorder tendencies and then getting out of them. But fast forward to the day that I decided that enough was enough. (sighs) I still remember this day very, very clearly in my mind. And I remember getting up and going to the scale like I would normally every day and looking down and then seeing the number that was on the scale. I won't give the details to the exact number because that's irrelevant here, but I just, I get chills thinking about it today because it was such a profound moment in my life because then my life changed, but I just started crying and crying in the bathroom. I thought to myself, I was like, if you continue down this road, you're going to die. You're, you're going to kill yourself. And that thought scared the shit out of me. It scared me so bad. I didn't want to die. Um, I, I didn't want to die. I wanted to live a healthy life. I, I knew I wanted something more. Um, but at that point in my life, I just wasn't sure what it was. I, when I was dealing with my eating disorder, I wasn't sure what it was. And eventually I got to that point of realizing that I wanted more and I deserved more and that I didn't want to die. And literally from that moment on, I said, enough is enough. I'm changing my life around. I'm not doing this to myself anymore. I'm not punishing myself anymore. And so I studied and studied on my own and got nutrition books. I got well-researched articles online on how to treat your body right and how to do uh, body positive things. And, and, you know, it was definitely not a overnight transformation by any means. It took me quite a while to get out of my old mindsets. And I don't want to pretend like it just happened instantaneously, my mind was changed instantaneously to knowing that I wanted more. But overall, it was, you know, long, long days of studying how to treat my body right and trying to overcome that devil on my shoulder that was telling me to go back to my eating disorder. Um, It took a long time to really get away from that. And there are different, you know, thoughts on if someone always has an eating disorder for the rest of their life, or if you ever truly recover from an eating disorder. And I honestly don't know the answer to that. I think that you will always feel some sort of tendency towards it. But I do think that you can get to a point where you know that you will never go back. And that's kind of where I'm at today. I don't feel like I'd ever had those tendencies again. But getting off track a little bit to my story. So after much, much research, I realized that my once unhealthy obsession turned into a very positive obsession in a way, if you want to call it an obsession. I loved learning how to actually treat my body right. Um, at the time, my you know, nails were very frail. My hair was falling out in small chunks, sometimes big chunks, and that really scared me too. Uh, so I looked up 
the types of vitamins and minerals that you need to have healthy skin, healthy hair, healthy nails, and a healthy body, of course. And it was just all so fascinating. So at the point in time where I was really changing my habits, it was at the end of high school where I really needed to make a career choice. And for the longest time, I really thought that I wanted to be a cosmetologist. We had those like career days um, as a freshman in high school on like what you wanted to do when you grew up. And that was my poster board. I wanted to be a cosmetologist. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Honestly, I think it would be a very cool job to this day. But I found that, um, you know, as a person that really didn't want to go the college route, I just changed my thought overnight. And I was like, I want to go to college and I want to go to college for nutrition. And I think that made my parents very happy. But uh, so I went from not really caring a whole lot about school to really caring about learning and caring about a specific topic. And the topic, I mean, nutrition makes me very happy. I always love learning. And I think it's hilarious, like how little I cared in high school and how much I care about school and continuing education now. I mean, I'm finally done with school now, but I was a very, very studious college student. So it's funny how the tables can turn like that. So if you're in high school and you feel like you hate school now, then you might change your mind in the future. So I decided to go to college and luckily dietetics was offered at a college that was about 40 minutes from my home. And I stayed with my grandma during the week because she lived right next to the college that I wanted to go to. So that was quite a blessing in itself. And I met a lot of great people through my undergrad. I had a pretty rigorous program, uh, at least what I would consider rigorous. And I wouldn't have asked for anything less, though. It was a great, great school. And I'm happy that I did my undergrad where I did. It really gave me a great foundation for applying to internships, which is a whole nother crazy topic in itself. Um, But I ended up applying to a couple programs that had a coordinated master's program with them too. I wasn't 100% sure that I wanted to get my master's, but in case you aren't aware of kind of the change that's happening in the dietetics field, in the next few years, dietitians are going to be required to have a master's degree. So I knew that that was going to be something that I should probably go for. But technically, if you've started within a certain time frame, you are exempt from needing to have a master's degree as a dietitian. But of course, they say that, but there's a certain competition that comes with um, having, you know, an extra degree. So I figured it'd be good to apply to those programs anyway. So I applied and I got into a school that was a couple hours north of where I'm from. I was fortunate enough to get chosen as a grad assistant for the program that I I was accepted to. It was a coordinated program. So it had both the internship and the grad school portion combined. And you did the grad school first and then you did the internship second. So as I was a grad student, I was working as a GA in the food and nutrition lab. And so I got to teach a class full of college students, which was quite an experience in itself. I wouldn't consider myself to be the best like schoolroom teacher, but I had fun with it. I'm surprised with like how much fun I had with it. 
Um, but it definitely, you know, came with its struggles too. Um, but it was a great thing because I got my tuition paid for and I also got to make some sort of income as a student, which a lot of interns don't get the opportunity to do. So I'm very blessed with that to, to have had that in my life. And it was something that was very flexible. Um, you know, if you were feeling overwhelmed, the professors really worked with you and I never felt too overwhelmed as a GA personally, but everyone has their own experience with that. But I definitely encourage you if you're a dietetic student to look for internships with those types of opportunities so you can save money because that was very, very important to me. So that said, it sounds all happy and cheery. I did have a, you know, a hard time at the end of grad school and during my internship, I won't lie to you. I, I kind of, I struggled a lot with anxiety and depression. Anxiety is something that I've always had and always uh, known that I kind of had to deal with it. Uh, I'm an anxious person and that's just me at my natural state. I worry about things. I worry about the future. Um, but depression was something that was definitely new to me. I, I don't know why exactly I felt it, but I just had these moments where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to start my day. And I would say, I say these things like they're very classic depression symptoms, but I wouldn't say that it stopped me from doing what I needed to do. And I don't know if anyone would exactly notice unless they knew me personally and they asked me how I was doing and I told them. And I think that's, that's kind of what they call high functioning depression from what I understand. Uh, so it's a struggle because I feel like the world doesn't see that you're struggling. And then that further ingrains the fact that you're alone in this and that you feel alone and that you might not be alone, but you know, feeling like others don't see you for how you're actually feeling or don't understand the emotions that you're going through right now can be very lonely. It can feel very, very lonely. During my internship portion, I did not get paid. So I kind of had to ride off my savings. So that was fun. You know, um, nothing more fun than working 40 hours a week and not getting paid for it. And then also doing homework at night. But nonetheless, I definitely got through and I'm proud to say I got through. I, I do think it was a learning experience and I'm so, so thankful for all the preceptors that I had, all the mentors that I had, and the people that I was able to observe during my internship, I couldn't be more grateful for the hospital that I worked at and for the people that I met during that time. They definitely are people that I would consider to be lifelong friends, and I think that that just goes to show that everything does happen for a reason. I know that there were a lot of negative emotions that I associated with uh, the end of grad school and with my internship, but I don't think it was necessarily the internship itself. It was more so just like feeling beaten down after the end of the day, not getting paid for it, and just feeling like what I was doing was never enough. And that could have been brought on specifically by myself, but um, yeah, either way, it is does not take away from the fact that it was so, so difficult, but I'm glad that I overcame that part because then the next step after that was 
then the next step was getting my RD exam finished. And during that time, I just focused on studying and I worked in the kitchen that I interned at so I could just make some money while I was studying. And that helped me out a lot. And then in March of 2018, I took my registered dietitian exam and passed and officially became a registered dietitian. So that is that is kind of my story uh, from point A to point B. It was a very long process. Uh, it took me about a total of seven years to get through all of that. And I did take a little bit extra uh, long in undergrad uh, just because of weird transfer credit stuff. So it took me a little bit extra. It would have been about six years total uh, for the average person uh, going the average quote unquote route. But yeah, nonetheless, it's a long process, uh, but totally worth it if you know that you love nutrition. Uh, definitely, definitely don't want to discourage anyone from going this route if it's what you love. If you know you feel you love something more, you probably don't want to become a dietitian because it's a long <laughs> process, but totally rewarding and totally worth it. So now I am working at two nutrition apps um, just for privacy sake and the fact that I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to disclose uh, what companies I work for. I won't say the names of them, but I work for two nutrition apps and I think that's pretty cool starting off. I knew that going into job hunting that I wasn't exactly looking for a clinical dietitian job. I wanted something that was a little more community-based and preventative health-based because I really feel like a lot of intervention needs to happen there as opposed to treating problems once they're already there. So I'm more passionate about preventative health, even though I know that there's definitely a need for both preventative and secondary and tertiary care. I think that um, there's definitely people that excel at different areas in dietetics and there's a need for all of them but my heart and soul is in preventative health and that's one of the reasons that I started this podcast is I feel like I can you know talk to you guys who are interested in health and nutrition and learning more and having a healthier relationship with food and we can just kind of have a chat about it it doesn't have to be anything complicated and it doesn't have to be anything that's you know, too crazy, too kooky. I I cannot stand how often I see, you know, things about the ketogenic diet, things about these diets that are, you know, quick fixes. And, you know, as much as we are obsessed as a whole, as Americans or as whatever country you're in, we're kind of obsessed with quick fixes. And I hate to say it, but Nutrition is really not as difficult as the media makes it seem. You know a lot of the basics, which are focusing on whole foods, focusing on fruits and vegetables, and having balance. That is kind of the core of nutrition. Um, but we make it very complicated because uh, this will be a different topic for a different day. But we, we make it extra complicated, I think. If we would just have more of an open mind to being okay with weight loss being something that takes time or being okay with our weight and just focusing on a healthy diet rather than focusing on losing weight per se. 
It might be a secondary factor that comes with making healthy lifestyle changes, but I don't think that weight and vanity should be the only thing that we think about. And I I do understand. I like to look good too. I'm a human being and so are you. And I'm not judging by any means to, to say that you can't care about how you look because you deserve to do what makes you feel good. But my point is just that we need to focus on sustainable nutrition. Sustainable nutrition just means that you can do it for a lifetime. Can you be low carb for a lifetime? Can you do the ketogenic diet for a lifetime? If not, that's probably not the diet that's for you. You want to do something that is going to keep you healthy long term and keep you feeling good and energized and feeling amazing about your body just the way you are. Sorry guys, kind of getting on a spiel here, but I just want to emphasize that we can make nutrition easy. We just have to think deeper into what causes some of our troubles with food and what causes some of our deeply rooted issues with food. I kind of like to joke that I'm a nutrition therapist because I feel like most people have problems deep, deep down with food at a psychological level, and it's not necessarily a lack of knowledge. Uh, Definitely some people have knowledge to gain and to better themselves in a healthy way, but a lot of us have emotional ties that we connect with food. For example, my story. My story um, was not necessarily related to food, but the emotions that I was feeling made me connect it to food because food is something that I do every single day. I eat every single day. I drink every single day. And because I had those emotions with me, I tied it to something that was in my life every day. And I think that's what people do with comfort food. That's what people do, whether it's an eating disorder or binge eating or just mindlessly eating. It doesn't have to be a quote unquote disorder to you know, be something that we can talk about, be something that we can kind of unravel and see what's at its core. So that's what I'm really hoping to do with this podcast. If you have any ideas for me, I'd love to hear them. I definitely intend to talk about a lot of nutrition psychology. I'd be very interested in doing any topics that you mention and researching them and talking about them in just a casual way. We don't have to make this complicated or crazy. I want it to be as easy and as relaxing as possible. Kind of like a coffee chat style talk. We just have to, you know, pick a topic and work it through. So if you guys stayed for the duration of this podcast, I thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast. It's really exciting for me and I can't wait to make more in the future. Again, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you can send me an email at darkbluenutrition at gmail.com and I would love to hear any of your feedback. Thank you for listening to the Dark Blue Nutrition Podcast and I can't wait to talk to you guys next time.